Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding National Liberal Arts College. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 20th edition of the 1853 podcast of Monmouth's 2019-20 school year, theater professor Todd Quick will preview the Monmouth production of The Real Inspector Hound. It will be presented February 27th through March 1 at the Fusion Theater. We'll catch up with Hannah Maher. She was recently named the college's Vice President for Development and College Relations. And Sports Information Director Dan Nolan will talk about the wind down of winter sports, which includes one of the feel-good moments of the 2019-20 school year. In Tom Stoppard's play, The Real Inspector Hound, Two feuding theater critics who are attending the premiere of a new murder mystery soon find themselves inside the play within a play and are implicated in the lethal activities of an escaped madman. The British Playwrights Comedy will be performed February 27 through March 1 at the college's downtown Fusion Theater, which is located at 230 Main Street. Mama Theater professor Todd Quick is directing the play. The Real Inspector Hound premiered in the early 1960s, and Todd says the play has held up quite well over time. Well, it's amazing, you know, for a play written several decades ago, the humor has remained uh, incredibly effective. The cast was in hysterics at our first read-through back in December, uh, and, you know, for audiences who might have grown up being familiar with this sort of prototypical British whodunit mystery, you know, the Agatha Christie mousetrap uh, genre, you're going to recognize all sorts of, of tropes and, and uh, classic figures and characters and, and events that uh, will be really, I think, exciting to see how, topper, how Stoppard uh, turns these things on their head. And even if you haven't read The Mousetrap or you're not familiar with the, that style of murder mystery, there's so much fun linguistic and physical comedy in the show that it'll be, I think, appealing to all sorts of audience members. Todd says that the style of this play has remained popular with audience members because it involves the audience members. I think what makes that genre so popular is because it asks something from the audience. It's not a type of entertainment where you're just going to sit back passively and let it happen. It demands that you sort of get involved. It excites you with these little teasers and riddles. And so you're whispering to the people next to you while you're watching, ooh, 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 I think it was him. Oh, no, no, I figured it out. No, 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 you're wrong. And so that kind of active audience involvement with our imaginations keeps it really exciting for us. As usual... Mama's production of The Real Inspector Hound is another example of a great team effort by the very talented folks in Mama's theater program. I mean, all of our students are doing great work. We have a lot of student designers on this show who are 
working on the production as part of a degree requirement, their theater collaboration class. So we have upperclassmen in our department, Amelia Chavez, uh, Noah Harshbarger, and Allie Bryan, who have been doing great design work. Um, and I also want to single out, we have a first-year student who's now a double major in theater, uh, Gabby Madu, who many of our audience members will remember from her role as Aunt Alieri in A Child's Christmas in Wales, who, as a first-year student who hasn't even had a chance to take any of our acting classes yet, is really just doing astounding work. She has page-long, absurd monologues where she's daydreaming about, well, you'll have to come to the play to find out, uh, but she was the first one-off book and is just doing, you know, really inspiring work. We have, you know, a lot of really promising and really hardworking underclassmen right now, so I think the the future for Monmouth Theater is is really bright. And Todd says that while critics are the main character in The Real Inspector Hound, the play is not about the often scorned but much read and much respected theater critic. But he says it's a reminder of the power that theater critics once wielded. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I read some essays from Tom Stoppard about what this play was about and his... Uh, his process and his stimulus for writing the play. And the one he, thing he said is, you know, it's not about critics, which no one really believed because he had just been working as a critic. And our two critics in the play, Moon and Bird Boot, uh, represent sort of uh, the extremes of ridiculousness among the critics. We have Moon, who is the second string critic with a huge chip on her shoulder, but who is incredibly intelligent and delights in showing off that intelligence with, you know, highfalutin vocabulary and really impressive, you know, turns of phrase. And at the other end, you have Bird Boot, who is our blue-collar critic, who is more interested in spending some quality time with the attractive leading ladies than in doing any sort of serious theatrical reviewing. Uh, so I think we see both ends of the absurdity of the profession. Uh, and I think we just sort of delight in knowing, just knowing that Stoppard had done this himself as he sort of pokes fun at his own background. It's pretty delightful. Theater critics for many years uh, in London and New York and any major theater city were incredibly powerful figures. You know, if you opened a new play on Friday night, if the late night newspapers came out that night and the critics panned your show, you might not make it through the weekend. So, you know, theater practitioners, directors and actors had a love-hate relationship with critics because they really did have the potential with a few quick sentences to make or break a show's history. Uh, so I don't think critics necessarily have that same kind of power now with with internet reviews and social media, the audiences have sort of claimed a lot of that power from the critics, and a critic might hate a new show on Broadway, but if the people love it, it's going to last. Um, but it is sort of fun to see a show, you know, bringing us back to the time when the critics were incredibly powerful players in the production history. That's Todd Quick. He's a professor of theater in Mammoth's fantastic theater program, and he's the director of the upcoming production of Tom Stoppard's The Real Inspector Hound. It will be performed February 27th through March 1 at the Fusion Theater, which is located at 230 South Main Street in downtown Monmouth. To purchase tickets, 
point your browser to monmouthcollege.edu slash theater, and that's theater spelled R-E. This is the 1853 Podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Monmouth's new Vice President for Development and College Relations is a familiar face at the college. That's because it's Hannah Maher. She's been a member of the Monmouth community since 2010. Most recently, Hannah served the college as its Interim Vice President for Development and College Relations. She's also served as Associate Vice President for Development and College Relations, and she's been the college's Director of Alumni Engagement. Hannah says that it's humbling to be named the college's chief development officer, whose chief responsibility is to raise money for scholarships and financial aid for students, as well as support the work of the college's students, faculty, and staff. It's, it's been a great honor. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate that I've been entrusted with the work to, of our alumni and work with our major gifts and annual fund. Um, it's, it's a big deal to be able to raise resources for an institution like Monmouth and to really see that impact come through to our students and to our faculty. Um, and just to be able to engage with our alums and really help them remember this, this wonderful place, uh, it, it is a true honor. Hannah says that a strong sense of community is one of Monmouth's defining characteristics. And she says that strong sense of community is what inspires the college's alumni and friends to support the Monmouth mission. What makes it such a special place is that there is a, a great community, a great family among the campus. Um, the faculty and staff take such pride and um, devotion to the students that they're teaching and they become lifelong friends in so many ways um, but there's so many deep relationships that are forged and personal development that happens here with the students as well that they want to come back and want to see each other and they pick up right where they left off whether it's 20 years down the road or 50 um, and engaging back with those faculty engaging back with one another is just such a beautiful thing to witness and to see happen and to be a part of those kind of meaningful relationships when there's just that kind of powerful connection um, is really I think at the root of, of Monmouth College and what we're known for you know folks really get that personal attention and the ability to thrive in an environment where they could have maybe been just a, a number in a room in a larger setting. Um, but they, they get that opportunity to have lifelong mentors as well. Um, you know, really engaging back when they're in their career with faculty and running ideas past them. Um, you know, seeing that that network grows and continues um, is pretty remarkable. But there's a great sense, too, of wanting to give back to this place because it does hold such a deep connection in folks' hearts um, and wanting to make it a better place for the next generation of students. You know, Monmouth has just positioned itself beautifully to continue to grow, to not only have our, our great campus in the beauty and it but to see that pay it forward mentality to see the student scholarships grow and resources that we can provide those so that everyone gets this chance to come and have a monmouth education and experience this first hannah says there are a lot of examples of monmouth alumni and friends who pay it forward through their support of the college they want to see um, the impact of their gifts and the opportunities given again to today's students that maybe they had, whether it's that semester away or a study abroad opportunity, that unique individual research with some faculty members that took them to the next level and made them stand out in their graduate work or going on to you know further their education. Um, and they, they want to be able to 
impact that for the next generation. And in a place like Monmouth, you can see those gifts in action in a, a much better setting than you would at a larger institution. So we're fortunate to be able to make those connections. And, you know, just recently we had an alum um, who received scholarship support herself from uh, another alum and remembers coming back um, to campus and connecting as a student with the alum who made the scholarship gift. And now she's making her own scholarship gift to help other students. And we're really seeing that trickle effect and that impact. As Vice President for Development and College Relations, Hannah's responsibilities include leading the college's development efforts, which include alumni relations, major gifts, and the Monmouth Annual Fund. We have a great team. It's made up of folks in our alumni relations office who are connecting with alums through um, engagement events, through networking opportunities across the country, our homecoming, our Golden Scott celebration, our newest um, webinar series, um, and, and more than that. We also have our Monmouth Fund team, those that are raising funds for the most pressing needs of the campus and our current needs um, here, and working with reunion programs, working with our parent and family council, um, our Fighting Scott Society. We have a, a research and legacy team too who are helping us make certain our data is clean and that they're continuing to update all the alumni records and we can um, reach our, our constituents but also our major gift team who is really the boots on the ground getting out there and having one-on-one -on -one conversations with our alums with our friends of the college um, raising awareness and raising support for the the greatest needs but also um, really helping our donors reach their philanthropic goals um, personally and for the college themselves. Um, so we cover a nice wide array of things uh, in support of the college, but really trying to grow and build um, not only our endowment, um, but other resources are deferred and um, planned gifts for the college too, to make certain that we're going to be just even stronger in the future than we are today. That's Hannah Maher. She's Monmouth College's new Vice President for Development and College Relations. You can read more about her in the news section of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu slash news. Winter sports are winding up at Monmouth. Swimming finished up last weekend in Iowa. And what an end it promises to be for basketball and indoor track and field. To help us keep on top of all of it is Sports Information Director Dan Nolan, He's the man behind MammothScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. For the Mammoth men's and women's basketball teams, their regular seasons all come down to this Saturday afternoon in Wisconsin. Dan says that both teams need a win at St. Norbert College, but for different reasons. Uh, men's basketball uh, needs, uh, in simple terms, needs a win. Uh, we win on Saturday at St. Norbert. We're in the conference tournament. Uh, now, that's not to say we can't get in if we don't win. Uh, it just makes it easier. Uh, ten wins clinches, and we're, we're at nine right now. Um, if we would not win on Saturday or if we would win and tie, uh, we're in at ten wins. Uh, we have the tiebreaker on Grinnell. Grinnell can get to 10 wins. Uh, we have uh, also are looking at uh, Cornell. Uh, they could get to nine wins, but uh, we'll know more after Thursday night. Uh, they'll play at Lake Forest. If they get to nine wins, they'd have to win out. They have two games left. Uh, and we don't get to 10 wins. If we're both stuck at nine, Cornell has the tiebreaker on us. 
So it's, it's pretty simple. We get to 10, we win. Uh, we get to 9, we're okay if we're tied with Grinnell, but we're out if we're tied with Cornell. For the Monmouth women's basketball team, a win on Saturday could mean a regular season conference championship. The women uh, right now, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking for them. They uh, tied with Rippon for the conference lead last week, and by virtue of sweeping the Red Hawks, we had the, uh, the tiebreaker. Uh, so Rippon was chasing us, and wouldn't you know it, they caught us on Tuesday. We uh, dropped one over at Cornell, uh, Rippon won. So now Rippon is ahead of us in the standings again. Uh, so uh, we need to win on Saturday at St. Norbert, and we need our arch rivals Knox to knock off Rippon on Saturday. If that happens, uh, we're tied with Rippon again, and we're the conference champs by virtue of sweeping the Red Hawks. Um, if that doesn't happen, we're number two. Uh, we go to Rippon to play in the conference tournament next weekend. Monmouth Swimming wrapped up its season last weekend at Grinnell with a couple of very big individual performances. A great story there. Uh, the, the swim team, the men, uh, won three individual titles. Uh, Preston Bokey repeated in the 50 uh, freestyle and then reclaimed his 100 backstroke title. He won that as a freshman, missed out last year as a sophomore, but then got it back again this year as a junior. And then uh, maybe the surprise of the meet, uh, Kyle Jones uh, won the 100 breaststroke, and he was, uh, quoting uh, Coach Burek, he was uh, about five-ish going into the whole season, uh, into the 100 breaststroke. But wouldn't you know it, he uh, swam his uh, the lifetime best on on uh, the uh, finals and didn't even know he had won it when he got out of the pool. <laughs> so it, it was a great surprise and, and Coach Burek said uh, Kyle was so excited when he found out uh, that he got a medal and then that he won uh, that he wore the medal around for the next two days so uh, that was uh, that, that was just a, a great story for him and maybe a little bit more of a story on him coming up uh, in, in a future edition of Scott Scoop and, and uh, uh, down the road we'll see what we can put together he's, he's got a very interesting story to tell. The Monmouth Indoor Track and Field team is looking ahead to the Midwest Conference Championship, which will be at the end of this month at Grinnell College. The Fighting Scott Invitational was held last weekend, and it was successful for several reasons, not the least of which is something that did not happen during competition. Uh, track uh, had a, a great meet uh, last week at home. Uh, we had some records uh, set. Uh, Joe Crawl threw the second best uh, weight throw in the nation. Uh, and then a couple of guys that were 14th in the nation after last weekend, Drew Thaxton in the shot put and uh, Stone Darrow in the 60-meter uh, dash. So they're moving up. We're at... Uh, uh, Illinois College Friday night and then conference meet is next weekend and then uh, maybe the highlight of the meet came after the meet uh, a couple of uh, uh, track kids got engaged uh, Peyton Holmes out of uh, Alito uh, area uh, graduated a couple of years ago uh, was dating Alec Gensler one of our high jumpers and he proposed to her she said yes and uh, the team was pretty shocked and pretty happy about that so that was really kind of the highlight of the of the whole day regardless of what happened on the track and field. That's Mammoth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan, the man behind MammothScots.com, your official spot on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. To follow all of Mammoth Athletics on Twitter, go to MC Fighting Scots. And for all of Mammoth College's social media accounts, check out the bottom of the homepage on the Mammoth College website, MammothCollege.edu.
And that's going to be a 30 for this 20th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. Thank you.